This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Jesus fucking Christ. Only let in 22 all last season. You might beat it. I mean, fuck me. That's just like a third of our total goals from last season conceded in one game. <laughs> Could be more as well. There's still fucking 12 minutes to play. Do something, Treads. You've been shite. Oh, my God. They've got substitutes to bring oh on as well. This could get worse. Fucking hell. Oh, oh Please God. take Watkins off and Grealish. Look, they've literally brought on a six-year-old child. Oh, my good Lord. Oh well, Aston Villa. At least look, at least we're losing to the champions elect, Chris. <laughs> Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Oh god. Oh my good god. What? Two hours ago I was thinking we might go unbeaten this season. <laughs> That's yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh dearie me. So yeah. Life comes at life comes at you first. Do all our players have COVID? That's Shane. Honestly, mate, I think that's what they should do is they should just come out with it afterwards and say, no, sorry, they all had COVID. We realised yeah, it at the time. Yeah, now you're all in isolation. Villa, you divvies. Oh, no! Oh, they're in again. It's Jack Grealish looking to add to his hat-trick of assists. And he has done. And it is seven. Aston Villa, seven. Liverpool, two. Stop fucking scoring. Just fucking... <laughs> We're dead! Already, they're already dead. For you to continue. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for uh, a reaction to a game that. Nobody thought was possible in the world of football. Nobody thought this was possible. Joining me, Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome. Hello, hello. And Mr. Phil Shaw. Hello. We just uh, c- come out of a uh, a very dubious, uh, dubious, uh, <laughs> joyous. <laughs> it wasn't dubious. <laughs> joyous uh, match club uh, celebrating a uh, Aston Villa seven, Liverpool two victory. Klopp said uh, about Liverpool, it looked like we'd lost the plot. Well, we certainly lost the plot uh, that's normally rolled out for Villa performances uh, against Liverpool in recent times. Let's not forget Liverpool are probably the best team in the world, club team. And until uh, the new look Aston Villa came along and rode into town and uh, absolutely dismantled them. And it could have been more. And I think 
you know, all the pundits who have uh, given their sixpence on uh, this game have said it could have been more as well. And, you know, you just look at the... Uh, yes, they had all this possession, but at the end of the day, we had 18 shots to their 14, 11 on target, eight for them. And, you know, we had the domination in terms of chances. And, I mean, we could have been in double figures. That When I say that, it's realistic. Well, it should have been. I mean, yeah. Watkins, now Watkins should have had five. You know, he was clean through and hit the bar. Those are guilt-edge chances. He could have taken it around the goalkeeper and passed it into an empty net. And, you know, Barkley could have had a hat trick. I love the fact Watkins scores a perfect hat trick. And one of the first things he starts talking about is when you're one-on-one, you should be putting that away. Yeah. He's got standards, high standards, which is uh, very I good. But this is uh, just, a, we'll talk, we'll do a proper podcast on this. We just wanted to uh, get this one uh, up there since we were uh, in all in match club together. So uh, it was, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this in perhaps more detail uh, in, in the next few days or so. But uh, I've been writing about what's, uh, write a couple of articles about, you know, I had a feeling this time that we were on the cusp of something. I, I, I said, in relation to uh, the last few decades, if you supported Villa, I mean, just talking from personal experience, I had a feeling like when Taylor was coming in, something was happening here. And uh, that was cemented when we beat Everton uh, 6-2. Back in the day then, uh, it was like a live on TV, ITV. It was a, you know, it's a big event. It's only, you know, one game a week, I think, back then. And then again, when, you know, Ron Atkinson was buying in, like, your Ray Houghton, your Steve Staunton and Dean Saunders, we were getting players off, you know, top team in that respect in terms of Liverpool. And he felt that was uh, adding to what we already had and was going to create something special. And, you know, we were challenging for the league again and uh, obviously ran away with the uh, League Cup. Since then, any time you know, there's been success. I mean, Brian Littles. I think it was a bit more logical as I, as I wrote because he was adding to what we already had, and there was something a bit more pragmatic about it. And Martin O'Neill had you know shitload of money that, that he could work with, and we we're always going to be a top half team there. But we didn't get to the special level. I mean, finishing sixth is not special. But this, uh, and I said, we just need evidence on the pitch, and it, it's delivered first class. It's not delivered by Hermes. It's delivered. Uh, <laughs> On a fucking platter, seven two against the uh, the world champions, the league champions, the European champions. Uh, the season before, you couldn't take a better scalp. No, I mean there, you run out of things to call it. It's like a watershed performance, landmark performance, things like that. It's really it's set up and take notice now. Your your standards can't drop from both the work levels and you know the the creativity, the attacking levels that were shown tonight it was was brilliant. Yeah, I've been I've been saying behind the scenes uh, that. I think we've got something this season. I mean, hence the articles I wrote. But it's a matter of like when you dis- when when the rest of the uh, the football world will take note. I think unfortunately, I think we've made a- too much of a big statement here, and people are going to start planning when they play against us. But uh, hey ho, good luck with trying to handle Grealish, Watkins, and Barkley. Right, let's let's talk about why this happened. Dean Smith, Liverpool play a high line, as we know, they press. Mane being out meant that press was not so uh, vice-like, shall we say, because he's normally the guy who uh, leads it. And Dean Smith, obviously, I mean, it's almost like the likes of Trezeguet and Grealish were taking golf shots, you know, little chip passes to break that high line at every opportunity, whether it was like switching it or Barkley was breaking, driving at them and then, you know, putting people through in either channel. And we just got through it. It was almost like we were playing a Sunday league team or something. The, the rate of success in how we've worked them out was, was quite astonishing. And Klopp didn't really do anything to uh, change it. 
for once, he, he looked like the deer in the headlights, didn't he? He was kind of, you know, the first mistake is a frustrating one, clearly for him, but I don't think he necessarily thought too much of it. We scored the second one with the high line, you know, an incredible run from Grealish, great pass, and the Watkins finish is, let's be honest, world class. Yeah. You think when they get the, the, the second one, everyone gets a little bit twitchy and they're kind of thinking, okay, Liverpool are starting to purr now because they did look pretty good going forward. As he said himself, they attacked pretty well. We had to defend well and Martinez had a good game. Yeah, we'd said before uh, in Match Club that this was going to be a test to see how good that uh, defensive organisation had become. We'd, we'd obviously played Liverpool in uh, the restart period, but it wasn't when we'd we were up and running defensively. So we were going to test a lot of things to see if they were up to scratch against the best possible opponent. We, I think I mentioned in the match club, it was like in the laboratory where we were like going through extreme testing of the defence, the midfield, which had struggled at times to dictate games. And, uh, well, we haven't a- actually seen yet uh, Barkley, Watkins and Grealish together. So, uh, Well, we haven't seen Watkins against anything like what you'd call a top quality defence yet. He made yeah. Virgil van Dijk look distinctly average. So, Professor Bud, what's the verdict on these tests? <sighs> Do you want me to start from the front or the back? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, the first the first thing I'd think, I mean, I know you'd written about it. We discussed it at length on the, the previous show and a couple of people had said, don't get ahead of yourselves. But we both felt very firmly, didn't we, that Ross Barkley would make a difference to this team because we saw yeah. the, the pieces we had and we knew he, how he would complement them. Fortunately for us, we saw in this game exactly Ross Barkley at his best. This is what he can bring to this team. And it's the drive. You know, he'd take the ball off Louise or take it at, just in front of his penalty area and he'd drive us up the field. He was genuinely box to box. And and players bounce off him. He, he's hard to get off the ball and he's got that physicality that we didn't yeah. have. when we. And he's very tidy with the ball, you know. For those who would have maybe thought it was a little bit harsh on Horahan losing his place, I mean, you can't doubt that Barkley is a is a cut above anything we've got really yeah. in that in that role. Um, I think he's only going to get the best out of McGinn, as you saw tonight. Some of McGinn's distribution and his passing, the one for the I think it was the seventh, the pass with the outside of his foot hits it off his laces. It's an incredible ball. Yeah, and he just gave us. Well, him, Matty Cash, Watkins, the three new guys, they gave us so much energy. And that's the difference, isn't it? There were lots of pieces of the puzzle last year and we got the defence right. We needed a keeper and we've got that right. But the big thing was we needed legs and we said it all through the season last year. All of a sudden, we've got those three new guys in. Trezeguet with an extra yard of pace becomes a real threat and he's a very willing runner. And I think you just saw a team that, you know, they they had a plan and they stuck to it and they were confident. And I think because they got the rewards in the first half, I think the big turning point was when Liverpool got back into the game, we got the, went up the other end and got the third pretty quickly. And I think that was the moment Villa really thought, right, we can stick the knife into these now. And the game was set up nicely because Liverpool had to come at us. And yeah. what we've developed almost overnight with uh, Barkley, Watkins and you know, Grealish and, and Trezeguet is suddenly we have a counter-attack and, and it's pretty potent, to be honest. So it, it, yeah, it suited us, them coming at us, and they had to come at us because they were trading by two, then they were trading by three. They had to open up and really come for us, and we and, and it served them up on a plate. And at half time in Match Club, I said, we were talking about back in the 70s when we beat them 5-1 and we were 5-1 up at half time. And I said, well, I think there's more goals in this because the way this game's set up, this isn't, we're, this isn't a Villa team that's going to just shut up the hatch and uh, that's it because Liverpool will come at us they're not going to give up on this because, you know, Liverpool, you know, they're 3-0 down against Barcelona. They still believe they can beat them and, and they did in the Champions League. So uh, that's going to open up 
and we just looked sharp. So, and that's how it played out. Seven two was uh, startling, but in the context of the game, where you know we started this podcast, almost uh, saying you know it's, it should have been double figures. It really should. I mean, yeah. we, we, we've joked, haven't we, for the last few months about this thing of you know Muller mentality. Yeah, so this is a match club thing, uh, Muller DNA, which uh, Thomas Muller, basically Bayern Munich, Germany, you know, when they play Brazil, they beat them 7-1. They don't just, they're not content with, you know, to beat a team 3-1 and consider that a thrashing. When I say a team, like when they're playing another team that's like meant to be shoulder to shoulder with them, Bayern Munich just wiped the floor, you know, with Barcelona. And, you know, we used to say, wouldn't it be great if Villa could get like Muller DNA, Muller mentality? And uh, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, Dean Smith was listening. Here we are. Sorry, Phil. No, rarely have I seen an international centre-back just be completely destroyed like Joe Gomez was tonight. I mean, you even heard Carragher in commentary if you were listening on the sky saying, just take him off. He just needs taken off. He was, Ollie Watkins just destroyed him. And Jack did the same to Virgil van, Virgil van Dijk in the first half for to set up a couple of those Barkley chances as well. That just, what there was, was a nutmeg in there as well. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. brilliant. I mean, to, 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 yeah, the game, you know, today, what you saw was when you put the right pieces around Jack, he elevates his game because all of a sudden he can bounce off people. Well, it's almost like his his imagination isn't restricted anymore because yes. he knows like, people are on the same wavelength and they're making the runs and they read him. Yeah, and Barclay is, and that's exciting considering, you know, they've only had a couple of days training together yeah. and all of, all of a sudden they just click. They look like they've been playing for years. And they're very similar in actually the way they play. They both kind of glide, but they're both really controlled. They've got that little, they, they, you know, they, they both sort of drop into little pockets. It makes it very hard to pick them up. I mean, you know, Barkley could have had a hat-trick before half-time. Just going back to Van Dijk, uh, it, it did make me laugh when Ollie Watkins went up to him after the game asking him for his shirt to swap shirts. <laughs> yeah, yeah had the shirt. The I destroyed the best centre-back in And uh, Van Dijk, in return, gets the shirt of, of somebody who scored a hat-trick against him. Yeah, he gets the shirt of somebody he's never even heard of. <laughs> yeah, first swap. Somebody you never heard of who's just scored a hat-trick against him. Who's disappointed he only scored a hat-trick against him. <laughs> Yeah, it's unbelievable. But yeah, sorry, going back to that, the dynamo that uh, Barkley is into. When we like break out of uh, midfield, before our players would, would get the ball and they'd pass it sideways and they would let the defence reset, the, the opposition's defence reset, and then we would be playing pretty slow and, and no change of pace. Yeah, you don't break the line, do you? No, and it limited what we can do. Now, Barkley, the ball comes out to Barkley and he's off and he's just going straight through the middle of it. And, you know, anybody who's trying to get a 50-50 of it off him gets bounced off. He's suddenly got Jack next to him. Everybody's running in unison, which is a problem. We never kind of attacked as a wave. I think I've mentioned this a few times. It would always be like just pockets of two or three players. Uh, you would see like, let's say, for example, Horahan would pass it to Grealish down the left and then Horahan would just stand there. I'm not singling him, him out. I'm just, just his name popped into my head. He would stand there and watch to see what Jack would do with it. And then suddenly Jack's engaged with three players, four players, cul-de-sac time. Now, this is this is completely different dynamic. Everybody's moving together. They're playing, you know, they're making runs for each other. They're doing these little flicks and everything. Everybody seems to know where everybody's going to be. Watkins' movement is sensational. And his hold-up play is incredible. 
Yeah, for someone of his sort of supposed size there, he yeah, he had the ball to him, it just sticks. And like with, like it's been said before, I mean, talk about setting up base camp. You, you only need to set up base camp for a couple of seconds because all the willing runners are suddenly there and it's like yeah. the defences don't know how to cope with it at the moment. Yeah, it's so rare we've had a player like that who can do both. Normally, you know, we've had people like, say, a Benteke or an Agbon Lahore, for example, and they want either you know, someone who can either go in behind or come and hold the ball. Watkins can do both. Yeah, well, he can do everything, can't he? And he gets he's finishing, box, and his link-up play is brilliant, and his finishing's great. I mean, the fact that he's, you know, not frustrated with himself that he should have had five against the best team in supposedly in in the country is you know, testament to to his expectations of himself and how much he wants to improve, and you know where he can, where he can go as a player. I just wish I I got to witness that second one uh, in the Hulk because uh, oh, that I, I mean I, I I I let out a bit of a scream for that one. I'm I'm not I'm not <laughs> afraid of admitting that was like fucking hell. That was I mean that finish. If you know if you you know traditionally if you someone like a Messi scorner, everyone's just waxing the weeks about that. The fact that you know Grealish plays him a, a, a brilliant ball through, but he's still got a lot to do, hasn't he? When he gets into that position, cuts inside and just slams it in the top corner. No keeper in the world is saving that. Yeah, it's one of those where you think the other, the, the better option is to lay it off to somebody else, but uh, that shows you that he, he's backing himself in that position, which which is only good going yeah. forward. Yeah, and it was great to see McGinn. You know, we, we saw a bit of it against Fulham, and he looked a lot better. He looked right back to his best tonight. You know, sticking his backside into people, had a bit of drive, confidence. He was his, his play with the ball was much tidier than it had been previously. I thought I thought McGinn was excellent. In fact, I thought the midfield in general were the fact that someone like Louise went semi under the radar against Liverpool yeah. just because of the role he played. He played a little bit deeper as a bit more of an inf- sort of a traditional enforcer. Kind of just took it off him and then gave it to Barkley or Grealish or McGinn. I think I highlighted Louise had uh, I think the most touches. I can't remember if I think it was against Fulham or, or Sheffield United. Uh, and I think I was saying in, in a game that we've pretty much dominated uh he, he had so many more touches than anybody else in this one he only had 31 touches which seemed to suggest he was playing a bit of a different role because you'd imagine that he would have more touches because liverpool's possession was up there in like you know 70 percent but uh, alas not i mean the uh, the other players mcginn uh, barkley and grealish had around 50 each uh, mcginn 56 barkley tw- uh, 52 Grealish 50. Now these are playing, like Grealish could be anywhere uh, depending on who we're playing up to like 100. So, I mean, it's a different game. We're, we're playing on the counter here. It would be interesting to see bringing in Barkley, how we do against, uh, let's say, um, you know, mid-table to lower team traditionally in the, in the Premier League. team that needs to park the bus like Man United. Yeah, but I think <laughs> we've got enough dimension there to uh, unpick them. I think we can pl- we've got plan A, plan B. Yeah. Trezeguet, I thought, was good in this game as well. I mean, the willing runner, wasn't he? He's just... But he played some good balls as well to yeah. trigger the high line. I mean, that f- through- it was Watkins, the one-on-one was a, the yeah, Trezeguet yeah. ball, which was a great and he ball. And he was unlucky, I think. he was. I thought if he'd have connected with that one right at the end, that could have been number eight. He'd have actually ripped the whole tend net out. He had a right good swing at that, didn't he? When he went to the back post, he thought he's going to absolutely place you through that. Yeah, if he finally has a a defined role in the the starting 11, I mean, I I don't see Traore getting on just yet ahead of him because. I mean, Trezeguet before, he, like you said, was a willing runner. He always looked knackered because he was doing like just lengths of the pitch. But now, he, you know, every run he makes has a purpose. It has a reason. He's not just, you know, yeah. running about like the yeah, headless, he's headless chicken. Mm-hmm. And there's a, thing of, there's a thing for Smith now with him that he, he, he knows he can trust him. Yeah. And that's great. Same as, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go back slightly. But you look at, I mean, we had a difficult game against Fulham, but I thought Matt Target was phenomenal at left back. I thought he had probably one of his best games in 
in a Villa shirt because he had a very defined role. He knew that he didn't necessarily need to bomb forward and you know go box to box and support Jack in the in the corner flag. He just had to shackle Trent Alexander Arnold, and he did it really well. I thought he was incredibly aggressive when Alexander Arnold got the ball, and on the other side. You know, Cashew in the first half. He was half, in the wars, wasn't he? In yeah, the first he, had a, half. he had a torrid time with um, Yotta and Robertson doubling up on him. But he just stuck to his task. And in the second half, he, you know, he got his rewards and he just dug in there. And, you <laughs> he know, got his rewards. He, he got one right in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, he got a cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he took one in the moneymaker, didn't he? But um, he just he just stuck to his task really, really well, which is really impressive. You know, because you know, as a fullback against a team like Liverpool, you're going to have a hard game. You know, win, lose, or draw. The fact that you've won seven-two and your fullbacks have still had to work incredibly hard is testament to that. And the two guys in between him, you know, the two centre backs. You know, Mings was excellent again. Konza, you know, Carragher on Sky was waxing lyrical about him. I thought Konza was incredible again. And the keeper Martinez. I love the fact that Mings, uh, once he realised they weren't getting a clean sheet, was then looking to get add to his goal tally yeah. this season. <laughs> he was up there a few times making runs, which I always like to see. Actually, he's got a taste for it. Total football, it's where any player can uh, play in anybody's position. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Picture the scene all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, just going back to that highlight, I think that free kick summed up, uh, this was for the fourth goal, uh, I think Watkins' uh, hat-trick. That free kick that Barkley played in. It's a great ball. And that high line just came up and we had like four players break it. And it was almost like, you know, queuing up. And it was a good ball in. Yeah, Smith just tactically got it spot on, didn't he? Klopp had his plan. Smith had obviously done his research, knew how he wanted to play. And And had the players to execute it. Yeah, and it's very seldom against a team that good that you will nail your plan against them and the opposition won't change theirs to counter it. Liverpool never managed to counter their plan. They said, this is the way we're going to play. And it was almost a touch of arrogance yeah. because Villa just were just getting in every time. Every time we crossed the halfway line, we looked like we were going to score. Like what Chris said, it, it was really strange that Klopp didn't try and do something because, you know, when they, when they brought it back to 2-1, you know, everyone was, was nervous. I mean, he could see then already that we were given the high line problems. He could have made a change then. He could have brought on a Milner. He could have done anything yeah. just to, to change yeah. it up. But the, the argument thinking, oh, we'll just score one more than you. Well, it doesn't happen like that anymore, especially not in the yeah. Premier League this season. No, I mean, I mean, you know, in regards to sort of you know, the battle of the two managers, I mean, you, you compare this to someone like Leeds. Bielsa was lauded after going to Anfield. 
and only losing 4-3. But he, then they obviously played City there the day before Villa-Liverpool. Um, and he got lauded as like a tactical masterclass for getting a point off Man City. Yet, will Smith get the due you know, reward that his, his team's performance and the tactical setup deserves for absolutely dismantling the best team in the country by a mile, you know, by yeah. seven goals? And it should have been double figures. Like, that's... If you're going to call the word genius, which is a word I, I think is overused anyway, but in terms of executing a plan to perfection, it doesn't get any better than that. No, it doesn't. It's it's almost perfection, is it not? As I just mentioned, it's now he has the tools. Because previously, with previously on the My Old Man Said podcast, <laughs> we've, we've thought, is he tactically astute? Because we've been in situations where, you know, there's you know there's the old cliche, he's got no plan B, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's just looking at scoring one more than the opposition. And, uh, you know, if you want nil up, the best thing to do is uh, score another goal. But as I've, you know, mentioned before, the restart period and, and, and the lockdown before that was where he had to start thinking about that was in you know, this ideology. Was it a little bit naive at this level? Because this is a different kettle of fish from what he's used to in the lower leagues. And then, you know, he's admitted himself recently, I think after the Fulham game, that it, he did think about getting that balance right. And it was the, the improved defensive organization that kept us in this league. And it that season, last season, you know, you you kind of neutral pundits will dismiss it as oh, what a, you know, transfer window, what a what a waste of money they you know they made spending over a hundred million, blah blah blah, and they just write it off as a bad season. But actually, it was an important season because we he laid the foundations a to his approach to get more of a balance to think more about the defence and, and actually factor it in as part of the game. You've got to compromise this playing out the back and, you know, attacking football because it, it's it's just too naive ultimately. So he's got that. And in and, and last season, the restart period, he laid the foundations to build on and now he's got the players to execute going forward what he want, wanted to do. And it's it's pretty interesting because he's at the death of that transition season, instead of getting relegated, he's turned it completely around and it's not just like survival on the last day it's actually how important it is going forward to this season it's it's almost instrumental that we're going to kick on now we've got momentum in the fact that all these players after they've just realized what they've done to liverpool they're not going to fear anybody anymore no i mean we've, we've said it so many times we said it during the 10 game to get us promoted didn't we that there's so much to be said for momentum and belief. And you could just see Villa had belief and confidence in the game against Liverpool. They knew that once they got on top, you know, we can actually stick the knife into these. We've got an opportunity here and we're going to, rather than being a little bit sort of timid, which Villa teams have, have often tended to be against the big sides. Swagger. There was swagger all it over really the place. It really was, tonight. yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, like, Phil, if you now look at our first 11, there's no weakness, is there? No, I think anybody that's um, picking a weakness, like we mentioned, Target was made the scapegoat against Fulham. That you know that, that that's unrealistic. There there is no weakness. I mean, the attacks came down his side. That was a weakness. I mean, the attacks came down Cash's side tonight. Are we going to say he's a weakness now? No, it's just to say that the opposition thought they could have a go at. Yeah, and they stuck to their task. At the end of the day, you know, you're never going to get it go all your own way. I mean, so many people have said, you know, you know two three seasons now about you know Alexander Arnold and Robertson more so Alexander Arnold that this guy's like the best fullback in world football well yes he is when he crosses the halfway line but I think getting facing his own goal yeah you know he's not so much whereas Matty Cash I think's probably got another another gear he'll go into in the attacking sense of the word and his distribution he can he can certainly pick pick a pass down the line a la Elmo but I think he's just he's got that heart and he's the kind of player you can see already in his very you know, early days of his Villa career that he's going to be a fan's favourite because of the, the way he plays his, his football. 
It's all heart. It's you know, it's, it's fierce in the tackle. He sticks to the task, even if he's having a difficult game. And but his position is better than Gilbert. Yeah, it is. And that's um, and that is where Gilbert. You know, like Gilbert, and a lot of fans like his. You know, his endeavour and his tenacity. You know, when when especially when you know, for example, that semi final against Leicester, when uh, the pressure's up. He, you know, he does. Uh, rise to the challenge but sometimes he's a bit wayward in his positioning and this just looks a bit uh, the cash certainly looks like a, a big plus in the you know the positive column of improvement of the defense oh certainly i think you know as you you were just saying about the you know the, the press narrative around the transfers i mean the press if they're going to go extreme on that side they surely have to go at the other end now watkins looks a great piece of business so far martinez looks a snip as all the arsenal fans said he was you know he looks the real deal. Matty Cash, I think, is probably going to get better the more he plays. And then, you know, we'll see about people like Traore. And obviously, Barkley speaks for himself. We knew what we were getting, even if some people were a bit dubious. These sort of days are so fucking rare. I mean, supposedly it's the first time in 67 years that the top flight reigning champion has conceded seven goals. The last time it happened was 1950. You know, these, this could be a once-in-a-lifetime day. So I suggest, as Villa fans, we enjoy this. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I mean, I mentioned earlier uh, when we when we beat Liverpool when they were the champions uh, in the seventies, seventy six, seventy seven. I think the season when we were five one up mm-hmm. at half time. So here we are beating the champions then five one. Let's not say beating. Let's say smashing them. And here we are again <laughs> smashing them seven two. Now Liverpool, yeah, they beat us six 0 but that was our weakest team we've probably had. In my living memory, yeah, it was awful. So you know they can beat us when when we haven't got the greatest. You know they can hammer us, and when I say hammer us, uh, anything over three nil, shall we say? Yep, they're not beating the top top Villa teams by that score, but we're beating some of their legendary teams. We're absolutely destroying them. This is the team that last year tried to go the whole season unbeaten. Well, sorry, it's over. I like that. We are now obviously have an international break. It's a shame that James Rodriguez went to Everton and has propelled them to the top because it would have been nice to have two weeks guaranteed top of the league. So we'll have to sec- uh, settle for a second at the moment. But I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, I mean, we've got to play Leicester. That's coming up. That will be another litmus test for sure. Because you'd expect some kind of a response from them. They've done a job on Manchester City, so Leicester have got it in them. But the one I'm interested in, and we've already alluded to it, is... Uh, how we've compared against Liverpool compared to our uh, much more lauded uh, Leeds United, who uh, apparently were performing miracles when they had a firefight with Liverpool and lost 4-3. We've had a firefight with Liverpool and absolutely wiped them out, burnt them to a cinder. What would the response have been if we'd have hit double figures tonight? The, the, uh, the, the earth would have imploded on itself? There would have been a few claret and blue orgasms, I think. And, and gentleman explosions. Gentlemen's explosions, yeah. yeah. Match of the day's already like a snuff movie. If it had hit 10, it would have been on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Somebody made an interesting point in uh, the Mad Few group, uh, which is the Facebook group for listeners of this podcast, where there's a bit of a, once you see what we did tonight, you kind of kick yourself a little for letting that Stoke game go because you're getting in the quarterfinals and you're realising, actually, we've got a team that can probably take on any team. Especially in one-off. Cup. And I'm not, you know, I'm not getting excited over one result. I'm saying we've bought two key pieces in Watkins and Barkley that changed the whole dynamic of this. Sully makes Grealish twice the player that he was before in terms of how effective he can be because he's got a canvas of players to play with now. And you think, yeah, if we were already in the, you know, if we we're in the quarterfinal of a cup, then there's a chance of silverware with this team. But this team suddenly, I think, 
there's potential there, then, you know, the, the only uh, problem is once we get to the back end of the season is, uh, as we found out last season, you need a, you do need a depth in squad to uh, challenge for anything above, you know, just survival in this league. But we'll see. There's always January, I suppose. Sorry, I'm, I'm already plotting Europe. So <laughs> Yeah, Dad's already booking his flights for like, <laughs> Axe away and getting his spot by the beat on the beach in Barcelona. <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting time. And, you know, and I've wrote about this before the, uh, the Liverpool game. So it's not something we're just pulling out of our asses uh, because we've performed some kind of miracle here. And of course, it's very obvious to mention and becoming a bit cliche to say, but what a shame that, you know, we couldn't be there in the ground tonight because, you know, as much as it's, you know, winning trophies, etc., is that's, that's one thing, but a, res- a result against a team like this and a performance like that on your home turf would be considered a really iconic moment, certainly yeah. in, the, in the modern history. I mean, it's, I can't think of a performance like that that would come close to matching that in my lifetime. I mean, I've you know mentioned to me the Blues wins while they're nice and everything. They're not, they're not prestigious in football. They're not so. prestigious to, in everybody else's eyes. Nobody, you know, nobody this is, gives this a is shit a, outside of West, yeah, the yeah. West Midlands, really. Yeah, it's very rare Villa make a statement that is will be heard throughout football, like globally. Send shock waves around the world. Well, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a, it's, it is a global because Liverpool are a global club. Yeah, them and Manchester United. There's nothing else like them in this uh, in this country. Nope. everybody knows. I got, I you know, I got texts and messages from friends that you know have got nothing to do with football they knew the significance of smashing liverpool 70 <laughs> yeah <laughs> just keep keep saying it just keep saying it yeah no I'm, i am gonna has uh we, on match club we had somebody in match club who'd lost his voice watching the game but every so often when we were chatting away you would hear him come in with seven fucking two <laughs> <laughs> shout out to jags could this finally be the season where we'll hand out a few receipts to teams that have been hurting us over the years? We've already ticked Fulham off the list. There's Liverpool ticked off the list. Where, where's United? Yeah, I like it. It'd be, be, a, great time, be a great time to play, wouldn't it? With I mean, there's, it's pretty rare you'll get a, a, a game week where Man United and Liverpool both get absolutely annihilated. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, can't, can we get Sky to move that United game and uh, and for like a slot straight after the uh, international break finishes? I mean, and, and, and as much I mean, I said this in uh, Match Club, you know, I mean, I've been sort of grumbling a little bit about some of the kickoff times in, the, in terms of like, you know, six o'clock Monday and stuff like that. But seven o'clock on a Sunday night is actually a really good time for a marquee game. And um, what a great way to end everyone's weekend. Yeah, definitely end those Scousers weekends. <laughs> They've lost the will to live. A perfect weekend for the Evertonians as well. Yeah, no, it's a great week. doesn't get much better for them. So let's uh, wrap this uh, First Impressions uh, podcast up of the game. We will uh, do a full show with all the other Villa contexts and news as uh, Jack Grealish, Tyrone Mings, Connor Hurahan, John McGinn, Douglas Louise is off as well, and Martinez, anybody else uh, on their international journeys? Will Nealon be off with uh, Norway? Who's that? Oh, yeah, good point. He may be off full stop. Yeah. Uh, Tr- Troy didn't really get a chance to do much when he came on. Even marvellous Nakamba, if he'd scored, that would have been really taken. Yeah, 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 a rocket, didn't he? Yeah, went straight. If that had gone in, you'd have know someone's taking the piss <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what a uh, what a what an evening. That's probably the most entertainment you could ever ask for a Sunday night. Normally it's a slow 
fade out as the new week begins. But that's that's making a serious bang. When Klopp says, wow. I mean, I, I did like that moment. It's a great moment. Uh, Klopp applauds Dean Smith as he walks up to him. And then just when they do the fist pump, he just says, wow. I think Klopp's really likeable. Oh, yeah. No, you know, even, in de- even in defeat, I think he... You know, he he just takes it for for what it is. You know, they've had such an outrageous run of form, haven't they, the last probably two or three seasons that you just have to kind of, even they have to go, wow, we just, you know, something like this was probably going to happen eventually. Well, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, eventually those runs, you know. Yeah, but you don't get hammered 7-2 eventually. That's never in the stars eventually. I mean, how would you... uh... Look on the bright side if you're a Liverpool fan. Well, it wasn't Everton. It wasn't Manchester United that beat us 7-2. Can you imagine if it was Everton at Anfield where they never yeah. win? Until next next match week? <laughs> yeah, yeah. that will be hilarious. That's quite good uh, for our title ambitions, that one, because uh, there's a high potential uh, for <laughs> Liverpool to take points off Everton because it'll be the backlash. Yeah, well, welcome to the Title Ambitions podcast. <laughs> we started this podcast to chart our march to a league title. So finally, we're uh, ahead of schedule probably, but uh, let's crack on and see what happens. Right, uh, thank you very much, uh, by the way, for everybody who joined us in Match Club. Match Club has turned into a bit of a delight in this uh, time of pandemic. And Yeah, it's behind- been a brilliant start to the season for it, hasn't it? Behind closed door games, it's... Uh, a way of finding union and watching it with like-minded people and having a good uh, laugh while uh, the games roll on. And if you're not in a pub, well, people actually join us in match club from pubs, uh, to be honest, around the world as well. So uh, it's been pretty good. So if you want to uh, do- join us, uh, all you have to do is become a My Old Man Said patron and I will send you some information how to connect up to uh, join our merry, merry band. But anyway, until next time when I'll do all the shout-outs to the new patrons in uh, the full show, uh, make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple, iTunes, or any good uh, podcast app. And until next time, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Seven fucking two. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.